You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Disruption. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest whom I love dearly and someone I would say is one of my Instagram besties. So drumroll. It is Alyssa, founder and CEO of Inspired Media Co. Alyssa is an ex-wannabe actress turned social media strategist, manager, and content creator. And in today's episode, we talk all things building a personal brand niching down within yourself, and building your content creation skills. So with all that being said, let's dive into the episode. Alrighty, I got Alyssa here with me. It's been a hot second since I've had a guest on the podcast. And I was just telling Alyssa before when I was thinking about, ooh, who do I want to bring on? You know, it's been a while since I've had a guest. Immediately, Alyssa, top of mind, first person I reached out to. So I'm so excited to have her here. And a little background on Alyssa and I, we actually, I had stalked Alyssa multiple times on Instagram before this, but we officially like met inside of a mastermind that we did earlier this year and we bonded through that. We've all been IG friends ever since and I'm just absolutely obsessed with her and everything that she does. So I'm so excited to have her here. So thank you for being here, Alyssa. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm a little bit sweating, but I'm still really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Don't worry. Like every single time I do this still and I'm like in my closet by myself and I'm like, why? Like no one's like, it's just me. Like, why am I sweating? And like, I'm like, I'm like, like, you know, yeah, by the end, I'm like, like my face is like bright red. I probably walk out of my closet. My husband's like, what? Like, what just happened? (laughs) Uh, Oh, I was just recording a podcast episode. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry. But okay, where I want to get started. So you are an ex wannabe actress turned social media strategist. So how? Like, how, how did we get here? Give us all the tea. Yes. Oh my gosh. So ever since I was little, I loved performing. I loved to dance. I loved to sing. I loved to act. I would do little skits at home, little shows for my family, really just being so delusional and just thinking I was going to be the new Disney Channel star. I would practice like (laughs) the Disney Channel one thing in my room by myself ever since I was little. And then throughout high school and university, I did theater, I did musical theater, and I did competition. So Going into university, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an actor full time. I I did a lot of stage, but I really wanted to do screen. But also, there was also something in the little back of my mind that's like, I've seen it done before. It's rough. The industry is rough. The competition is crazy. So I always had in the back of my mind, like, I will have a plan B, whether that be just like finding a regular nine to five. I also wanted to do event planning at one point, but my heart was truly set on being an actor because I I always love to perform. Um, Miss Panorama came around and there was nothing, no casting calls, nothing. I was actually doing FaceTime shoots with photographers from everywhere. My first FaceTime shoot was actually with a photographer in London because that was the only way that creatives could do anything together because no one could do anything. And then that kind of just went down the drain a little bit. So I was like, okay, 
what's next? Scrolling through social media, found the online space, found that people were, you know, being social media managers and virtual assistants. And I thought, well, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. There's no auditions. I I don't even work a corporate job. I'm still in university. So then I started my page and put myself on camera, did what I always loved to do and what I knew I could do best. And here we are. I love that. So did you end up dropping out of college? Did you end up graduating college? Like, what did that whole thing look like? I finished college. I graduated college. Um, I got my BA in comp PR and I minored in theater. So right when the Miss Panorama hit, I was actually in a show at university and we canceled it halfway through. I was in West Side Story. We canceled it halfway through and that really, again, opened up so much time. But yeah, I'm really glad that I did graduate because I was able to at least have some of that acting experience there. But yeah, I did graduate and it was a really good experience. I love that. And I I feel like I've seen you doing some like modeling acting still. So is that more of just like a, a side thing, like just for fun? Or what is that? Yes. So I actually, I do have an agent and I do do some freelance modeling and some freelance commercial acting and even just collabing with photographers in my area for fun creative projects. That's always going to be a part of my life. And it's really fun that it actually overlaps so much with content creation with and with doing everything on social yeah. media. So yes, it's still a part of my life. It's just not as much a, as a focus as it was before. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I love that like you still have, you know, something outside of business that you can, right. that you can do, you know, it's like business isn't your entire life and you I don't, I'm not, not to say that it's like a hobby in the sense of like, it's so easy, but like the, <laughs> you have something to do, you know, outside of business. That's super awesome. Okay. I, I just want to dive straight in because I know that this conversation right. is going to be so juicy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, where do I want to get started? There's so many <laughs> things I want to talk about. But I think that when I think of you and I think of your Instagram account and I think of what you teach and like your unique perspective, niche. That is like the very first thing that comes to my mind. So what is your take on niching down, finding your niche? Are we pro-niche, anti-niche? Where are we? Totally. So I feel like my answer is super politically correct because I totally feel like there is this war going on right now between niche down and then no, no one needs to niche down, yada, yada, yada. I like to say niche down within yourself. And it's very silly and it's cute and whatever. And it's fun to say, but I truly do believe to niche down within yourself because I think what happened is niches work. It's marketing 101 to have a niche. If you, especially if you want to sell something, if you're going to be really confusing, obviously it's not going to work. However, I feel like because we have so much data and we've seen so many creators and entrepreneurs do that more traditional way of growing their socials, they hit this roadblock of, okay, well, I only talked about this one thing and I made this one thing, these few topics, my entire brand, and I didn't focus on my personality or my personal brand. And then they want to pivot and then they wonder why their audience is not pivoting with them. So when I say niche down within yourself, of course, we're still going to have that structure. You can still have content pillars, but it's really the focus on how you do those things and how you go about framing and delivering on those topics. That's the common thread with all of your content. So that if you do want to pivot, or if you do want to talk about more lifestyle stuff, uh, which a lot of creators do come to me and they're like, "Um, I want to share my life, but no one cares. If you set that up in the beginning, then we've always been used to that. You've trained us to now get used to 
your personality, right? So then you can pivot and you can change and you can talk about different things because the common thread at the end of the day from the very beginning was always you and your perspective and your point of view. So that's why I like to say niche down within yourself. So it's it's the best of both worlds. It's yes, we have that structure and clarity, but also we set it up so that your personal brand is a priority from the beginning. I love that so much. And for anyone who is listening and they're thinking, okay, cool. I love this new perspective. I also would love to niche down within myself, but how? <laughs> what is what is the answer yeah. to that? Like what is like the actual tangible thing, like the steps that people can take? What are they implementing on their social media accounts to actually I, I mean, I guess behind the scenes, what are they doing? And then what does that actually look like on the forefront of their social media? Yes. So I like to use an actual live example for this because I think it's the easiest way to actually take and pull from it. So let's say you are, you have like your title, right? You have your industry, maybe your quote unquote niche. And let's just say that you're a fitness instructor, right? So maybe you have your content pillars or your main topics that you know that you're going to talk about. So that's fitness workouts, recipes, right? Maybe it's motivation, all of that. Cool. Those are the topics, but we need to get way more specific. So niching down within yourself is just getting way more specific in how and why you talk about each thing. Because I could take one fitness instructor that is like super hardcore, right? Lifting. Yeah, we have to just go for it. And then I could take another one that's more of a Pilates girly, right? They're more flowy and their delivery is different. So they could have the same content pillars, but very different delivery. So if you look at your topics, before you even start brainstorming in those topics, think about how you do things and why you do them and get super hyper specific. So let's say you're a fashion creator. Okay, what kind of fashion? What's your aesthetic? Is it minimal? Is it super loud and fun and funky? Is your aesthetic you don't have an aesthetic, that's totally fine. Then you have to be super, super specific and repeat yourself over and over and over again. So I like to first ask my client or if I'm working with a creator, I'll ask like, okay, what's your vibe? And it's such a silly little thing to say, but we like to make up marketing terms here. So I'm like, what's your vibe? What's a you thing? Who are you the go-to for? Start from there because that's what's really effortless about you. That's the thing that you're naturally doing. That's the thing that we're naturally going to pick up when you put yourself on camera. So hone in on that. And then you have your specific content pillars. And now it's like, I'm going to take my vibe. I'm going to take the thing that I do so well, so effortlessly, so specifically. And I'm going to now put that as a lens for each one of my topics and then execute from there and brainstorm from there. Hope that made sense. I know sometimes it gets a little like creative and I kind of speak like a little director <laughs> because no, I love it's it. hard to have tangible steps, but hopefully, you know, with that little structure that will help. No, I love that so much. And I love the last thing that you said where it's like, it's taking it from like, you're looking at your content pillars from the lens of like who you are and like, kind of like, what is like your it factor, that thing that like makes you unique and special I love that. I love that perspective, like taking it from that lens. And it's not to say that like, again, like we're not saying to not have a niche. We're not saying to not have content pillars. All those things are important, but it's like, how can we take that from the perspective of like the thing that makes us unique, which is ultimately like, you know, our personalities and the things that we like and our opinions and things like that. So I love that so much. And something else that I feel like is a big part of this conversation isn't just niche it's also like the actual brand aspect of it so mm -hmm. for someone who's like okay build a brand have a brand you know like those terms are kind of thrown around all the time along with niche as well where it's like 
have a niche, know your ideal follower, build a brand, do that. It's like, what is building a brand? What does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, we could literally be here for hours. Yes. (laughs) But for the beginner, so you're just starting out and you're like, okay, I'm going to take content creation seriously. I'm going to use content as a tool for my business. I'm going to make content creation my full time. When you are doing like the building blocks work, uh, another thing that also is like always thrown around is like, oh, show up authentically, right? And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Why? What does that mean? Do I share? Do I just overshare and overshare and then like put my entire life out there? Which, hey, it has worked and I've seen it work before. Yeah. But I think we need to look at showing up authentically and really creating a brand And having that be infused in your strategy. So kind of going back to the exercise that I was referring to before, when you ask yourself, what's your vibe, right? Who are you the go-to person for? You're pulling out authentic parts of you that should be magnified through strategy. It's not that structure and strategy are like the enemies of your creativity. It's actually where structure and strategies where creativity really thrives without, you know, all this chaos. Because if you're super chaotic, you're really confusing and, you know, no one's going to understand your messaging. So I think when you're building out those foundational aspects of your brand, pull out the authentic parts of you that you, one, feel comfortable with showing online, and two, that like you genuinely can do very easily and very effortlessly and have that be the building blocks and part of the building blocks of your brand. Um, And I think something that goes hand in hand with that, because, you know, we can kind of steer into this, it's very selfish, right? And we're all selfish. So if you're selfish and your customer is selfish, uh, we're going to we're gonna be competing against each other. So I think there's that aspect to it. And there's also the heart and the mission. And it's so cheesy and it's so corny. And it used to make me roll my eyes like, oh my God, my why. But it truly is so important. And your why has to be about someone else. Yeah. Because if you're going to create a community, you have to be thinking about the other person or else you're just going to be posting your day in the lives and everything that you do. And it's like, oh, why is no one watching? It's like, well, because you didn't answer the question, what's in it for me? And that's what I'm thinking. So it's a combination of having the heart and mission of your brand be about what's the impact that you want to make. And then this first lens that you create through is pulling out your authentic parts of yourself, magnifying that through strategy. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, if it's if the focus is like, oh, how can I show up authentically? What what do I want to share? It's all about me. And the focus is never like it's a split focus, right? When it comes to your your ideal follower and like being able to create something that's relatable to them that resonates with them, but also like staying true to who you are. But yes, there still needs to be that aspect to it. And I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong when it comes to mm-hmm. building a personal brand when it comes to authenticity, because they're like, again, they're like, oh, well, how can I just be me and like, like massively just like putting out promotions for hi, this is me. This is who I am. This is, you know, like, again, that's great. But also there's going to be a disconnect if there's never a thought about your audience. And so if someone is sitting on the side of their seats right now and they're thinking, okay, well, I'm ready to like jump into building a brand um, and really niching down within myself. But I'm afraid that that's going to happen to me where, you know, I kind of do lose that connection with my audience. It's like, how do you balance authenticity or like, where do you even get actually, let's, let's start here first. Where do you even get started with authenticity? Like if someone's like, okay, yeah, like exactly what you said, where, you know, people are like, oh, show up authentically. It's like, okay, I kind of understand what that means. But like, where do I actually get started with that? What would you say to someone? 
Yeah, it takes so much self-awareness to do this part. And that's why it's so hard. That's why it's not just show up authentically because it's really hard. Anyone that has been on camera, even if you just started filming yourself, you know that it's so unnatural. And this is a big gap that I actually work with with a lot of clients is they'll go, oh, well, this is me. This is who I am. And that's what my brand is. And it's like, oh, you you are not showing up that way at all. Like you yeah. are showing up way, way different way. But you think you have the intention of showing up one way, but then you're showing up a different way. Now, okay, well, the delivery has to be there. So like the exercise of asking, you know, what's your vibe? That's one. But I would do it in two ways. I would have you do it, like you do it to yourself and really jot down like, okay, like, how would I describe myself? And then ask your peers that like, how would my peers describe me? And like, where is there maybe a disconnect? Where is there maybe like, oh, well, I thought it was coming off this way, but maybe I'm not or I thought it was acting like this, but maybe I'm not. And then the delivery changes. And then you can figure out well, which one do I want? Because they're both valid, right? If you feel one way about yourself, and you want to showcase that online, that's fine. But if it's coming off a different way, and you really want to lean in on that, that's totally fine too. I think Paris yeah. Hilton is a really good example. And I know she's more in traditional media, not social media, but she made a brand of herself being an exaggerated, almost like brand persona that wasn't a hundred percent authentic. It wasn't, she wasn't showing her day in the life, right? But her and her team knew the perception that other people had of her and they went super, super in on it. And then they created such an iconic brand. I mean, everyone knows who Paris Hilton is, right? Everyone knows like her brand character, but you look at interviews of her now and it's like, oh, she doesn't talk like that. <laughs> she actually, yeah. she's actually, she's actually really smart and she's actually a businesswoman. So you have to decide like, okay, am I going to be super close to myself? That's like the most authentic. It's kind of like three different versions. So you have like your brand, that's your most authentic self or tries to be as authentic as possible. And then you have a brand persona that could be like Paris Hilton, right? So it's like you're taking a part of yourself that and you put it at the forefront. And there's like a total like brand character, like I think Duolingo Owl, right? Or you're you're really playing that like, and it's obvious, we know that you're playing a character and it's more entertaining. So then you have to decide which route you want to go to. And they, all of them are valid and all of them have worked. All of them have worked for multiple different industries. It just depends on what you're most comfortable with. But I hope I answered your question. I feel like I, feel like yeah. I went on a little bit of a tangent. No, I love that. And I love the examples too, because I'm very much that way. I just did a masterclass um, and I was just talking about uh, Taylor Swift and like her mm -hmm. brand and everything. So I, I'm all about that. And I, Paris Hilton and then also Kim Kardashian were some other ones that were yeah, the, I just love it. And they, I mean, ultimately, whether you hate them or whether you have no idea who they are, like, I mean, actually, most people know who they are, but like, whether you like them or not, like, there's a lot that you can learn in terms of business perspective from the way that they do, like, their marketing and their branding and just everything that they built. I just think that they're, it's so cool to take that from, uh, I mean, don't just take it from like the, consumer perspective of like, oh, like, you know, I'm just watching reality TV or whatever it is. It's like, take it from the business perspective and see what you can learn from them. I mean, there's a bunch of documentaries about all of those different people out there and you can learn so much about that. But a question that I would have for you is, you know, do you have some like, I don't even know if content prompts would be the right word, but like, I guess content ideas for someone who's wanting to get started around like, well, posting more authentic content, like, do you have something like behind the scenes is usually one that like kind of gets started, gets people started in terms of like posting more authentically. But like, do you have any like 
kind of like go to content pieces that are really good to like start to get people rolling and like talking, I guess not talking more about themselves, but like being more authentic in the way that they show up. Does that make any sense? Yes. And I feel like the person you listening right now may not like the answer, but it is the easiest or like, I guess, quickest way to really understand how you are delivering on camera. And it's the it's vlogs. And it's just speaking face to camera. Like, honestly, though, because they're the most uncomfortable. Yeah. And you really get to understand what your isms are, what your habits are. Do you are do you speak with a lot of filler words? Do you talk with your hands a lot? Do you not do you avoid eye contact even with yourself? And you can pick all those little isms up when you do the hardest pieces of content, which I think are vlogs. Like I think vlogs are, they're production heavy, editing heavy. Like they're just, they're, they really are a lot of work. So I would jump into what's most uncomfortable and really lean into that, which is face to camera and vlog stuff so that you can really hold yourself accountable. You're staring at yourself. You're doing something that's unnatural. What What's natural about talking to myself in the past but posting it and talking to someone else in the present like that's so weird but when you jump into it like you're just forced to learn and to refine but as far as other parts about like showing up as authentically as possible or like as your authentic self is again coming back to those authentic elements that you pull from and then always coming back that's your home base you always come back to that so if you are you know let's say you're the tough love big sister right and if if i was just going to put a little a tag to you like a little slogan or whatever that that's your slogan your delivery and the way that you tell stories and how you talk about certain topics is always going to come back to that your brand online isn't your personal diary you kind of talked about this a little bit where it's like if it's just all about you then what's the point? Well, you're not going to build a community just like that. I mean, there are some people with that it factor that are just super entertaining and charismatic, but they're not the majority of people. That's what I mean by showing up authentically. It doesn't, it's not this like, okay, well, I'm just going to post whatever, right? And like, hope it works. You know what I mean? It's, you always come back to your home base, but your home base, you've already done the work of like, well, what authentic parts of myself am I always, always going to come back to? And then you can consistently show up that way. So I would say always come back to that and do the pieces of content that are the hardest and most uncomfortable for you to do and do them intentionally every single time you do them don't put them in drafts post them and then collect the data from that look at yourself watch yourself analyze yourself okay what is it about me like what isn't do i have where where can i improve every single time and then you you will if you if you stay consistent with it no i love that cuz i think a lot of times when people think oh authenticity i just need to just dump everything about my life you know like right. oh you know i'm making lunch and now i'm going on a walk and here's my dog and you know like just like dumping everything cuz they're like oh being authentic is you know sharing everything you know but i think exactly what you said yeah. where it's like it's being very intentional with like well i think it kind of even comes back to like, your brand where it's like what do you want to be seen as and like what do you want to be known for and it's like those parts of you are the things that you should be sharing more of it's not just like how can i just dump everything and then everyone gets to know me and i mean yes there are brands out there people out there creators out there don't get me wrong that have you know built something very successful on doing that but it's like most people you know there needs to be intentionality behind the authenticity that you are sharing Totally, totally. And like all the little stuff, it's valid, right? I talk about building your lifestyle pillar and it is made of all the little stuff, the dumb stuff, the, yeah, what did I eat, right? My dog, like my favorite drink. 
you can totally have that as a part of your brand. And people are curious and they do want to know. But again, you have to do it strategically. If you just mention it one time just for the fun of it, long term, right, that's probably not going to help you. But if you do it strategically, then that's really where the magic starts happening. And we, we start to really get to know you more. So, you know, in the beginning, if you are just like dumping everything out there, right, and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to create and go for it. Oh, my gosh, totally fine. Do it. But then always come back and have like a sit down moment with yourself and like analyze each time and refine each time. Because if you're long term, always throwing things at the wall, right, and seeing what sticks, we're, we're not going to get to where we want to be. But it is that first jump of even like remembering, oh, let me put my phone down and record myself. It is that first step that people have so much trouble with. So it's okay to be messy in the beginning. Just have that intentionality of like, okay, I'm doing this now, but I'm going to set a check mark for myself. Like every month, every week, I'm going to look at my content and see, okay, what's hitting, what's not, what feels good, what doesn't. I love that. And I want to dive deeper into that. So around content creation, I think there's, it's a skill at the end of the day. And like, I don't know very many people who are just like amazing content creators day one of starting, mm-hmm. you know, content creation. It's, it's a skill that has to be refined. And what are some big things that like you've learned through your content creation journey, whether that be, you know, even things like you were talking about where it's like, you know, reflecting back on your content and looking at your analytics and insights and utilizing that and adjusting. But like, what are some big things that really stand out if, you know, someone's really wanting to take their content creation skills to the next level? What should they be doing? So on top of jumping into really being really, really uncomfortable, what I love to say to my clients is just embrace the one-way conversation. Because if you're truly having a one-way conversation with yourself, it feels like you're talking to me. You know, every, Everyone's like, oh, have the FaceTime vibes, right? Talk to your best friend. And yes, like I, I use that prompt as well. But sometimes, honestly, now for me, I am embracing speaking to myself. And I'm like, listen, me and me, we're having a conversation. She's not interrupting me. I'm looking at myself. I'm speaking with intention because I'm actually speaking to another human being. Like I honestly just embrace it. And also you are probably, I would say most creators, a part of who their ideal client avatar is, ideal community avatar, they're probably talking to some sort of version of themselves or that ideal client avatar has probably been made up of a version of themselves, right? Of like, oh, this is what I wish I knew. Yeah. Again, embrace talking to yourself. Talk to you a few months ago. What did you want to hear last year? A few months ago, you three steps behind, 10 steps behind. And I think just like honestly embracing that it really just like builds that skill. Of like it's just habit now. I don't feel weird about it because if you're going to continue to create content, you're always going to be talking to yourself. Literally always in the grocery store, in the car, <laughs> like in my room by myself when I lock the door. Um, you're always going to be talking to yourself. So I think just like embracing that and just really being like, oh yeah, I'm actually just talking to a human being. I'm just talking to myself. And that's literally totally okay. I love that. I will say something that I see from you is that you create a lot of very unique content, content that is very edgy, that is very eye catching, that is very different. You talk about, you know, obviously within your niche, different trends, different things that you see going on, and you're really good at creating unique content. Like, how do you get to that place? Because I think there's a lot of people who are listening and they're like, I just don't like they either don't love their content whether that be because of the process of creating it or maybe it's just because it feels like it doesn't feel like them. You know, it's starting to kind of blend in with all the other content inside of their niche. How do you kind of step outside of that and 
I guess, what is your creative process, basically, is what I'm asking when it comes to content creation, because you're so freaking good at it. Oh, my goodness. I'm blushing. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I would say the biggest thing, if you're listening right now, I feel like a lot of your audience is uh, business owners, right? So the biggest thing is like time. I don't have time to do that. And I'll be 100% honest, sometimes, especially if you're just starting out content creation, it might not be a time saver. It really won't because just like if you just started working out, you know, it's not a time saver. You're you're having to sacrifice a little bit of something else has to give for you to open up that space, right? So you can focus on the content creation. Yeah. So I would say the first thing is have a really good system. What is in what's happening in the back end? That's like the first thing, especially for business owners. So is that you have to schedule out a day to create your content, especially business owners, business owners. They're like, listen, I am back to back with meetings. Okay, my clients, my customers, they need me right when when am I going to do this? So either have a day every week. And ha- and like hold yourself accountable to that day, or you can habit stack. So whatever habits that you already have, stack content creation on top of it. And this is something that the book Atomic Habits talks about. And I think it's absolutely genius. Like if you're making coffee in the morning, okay, perfect. You're it's you're already doing that so effortlessly, right? So you're just gonna stack content creation on top of it, film a video, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So those are kind of the two most popular ways as far as my content creation process. I do have certain days where I I do batch. But it's a little bit of like balancing structure and balancing creative creative yeah. intuitively. Because if I see a video or if I have an idea and I'm like in a place where I can film it, I'll just film it on the spot. Yeah. Um, but as far as like my reels go, because I feel like my reels is what you're was <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. Those are a little bit more aesthetic and those are a little bit more fun. I first and foremost just love doing that I love the aesthetics I love that it's dramatic and it's a little too much and a little extra that's just I just love to do it so what I did specifically for my reels content now is I've made the habit of filming pretty much everything I mean maybe not everything but pretty much everything I literally walk around with my phone and I carry it around everywhere yeah so I always have content in my phone. Um, and then I'll do brand shoots. And that that's really the bulk of my reels right now. I'll do the brand shoot. I'll make sure there's someone on set filming for me and they just get a thousand. I, I think it is a thousand actually a thousand like little B-roll clips. And then I'll just continuously I'll use that. So I already have the clips there. And then on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, I'll go ahead and edit. And it definitely has become a habit because I know what my style is. I know how I like to edit. I know what music I like. I Again, it has just become a habit, but that's because it's been years in the making, like not yeah. only with content creation, but in film and on stage too. Like you, you have to be really picky with yourself. And in film and stage, you're like forced to look at yourself anyway, which is just, again, super, super unnatural. So that's kind of like my creative process there is... I just have the habit of filming a lot of stuff, which maybe seems a little bit crazy to most, but I have the habit of doing that. And then I know the style and the aesthetic that I like. And then I kind of just use my own content as a template to itself. So it's re- it's repetitive yeah. every time. Yeah, I love that. And then when it comes to ideas, like where are you pulling ideas from? Is that like you're meditating, laying on your bed and, you know, this idea comes or like what or like what is your your process for that? Because I feel like, yes, the matching the steps, I love seeing how other people are doing. I guess hearing I'm not like seeing you do it, but like I love hearing how other people do it because I feel like, again, it's like figuring out what works best for you ultimately and like what you can stay consistent with. But 
also like I feel like ideas is like the big thing when it comes to content it's like where like how do you not run out of ideas where are you pulling ideas from and where do these super creative ideas come from Okay, so this is such a good point because I I get this question a lot too of like, oh, I don't know what to post. Yeah. And most people don't have a content ideation problem. They have a content execution problem. You have Mm. so many ideas, I promise you. And one idea is not just one idea. One idea is three ideas, then it's five ideas, then it's 20 ideas because you're going to repost and repurpose everything. So where I look for content ideas is conversations that I've had, things like this, what questions are you asking me that I'm going to jot this down? I'm going to go, okay, perfect. So that's my content. Yeah. Things my clients are going through. And then also I love pulling from, and this is very specific to me, but I love seeing the patterns between traditional media and social media. So I'll pull a lot from pop culture. What's going on there? Um, How can that relate to social media? Because I, again, like that's just something I, I really like to talk about and I like connecting the dots and maybe a little part of me is like, I'm still going to be a Hollywood star. I don't know what the subconscious is telling me. You are, you are. (laughs) And remember me when you, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I did a podcast episode with Alyssa. I'm so famous. (laughs) Remember me when you get there. (laughs) Of course, of course. I'll throw a little party, but um, yeah, that's really where I look at. And then also what people forget all the time, is they spend so much time scrolling on their explore page, scrolling on their FYP. When you had good ideas last month, if you've been creating content and you've been posting, I'm sure there's one to two that are your most successful. Why are you looking for other people's ideas when you have good ideas and you're just letting them sit there? That's so disrespectful to yourself to have really good ideas and go, oh, let me just see what other people are doing though. It's like, wait a minute, you had really really good ideas. And also, if you had a really good idea and you posted a piece of content and it didn't perform the way that you wanted to it's not just a one and done that is like that never exists anywhere else except for content creation it's you do it again you were fine and you do it again and again and again and i'll i'll go back to traditional media because it's usually like actors and artists we think of people that are so highly sought after or so highly admired in our society They've messed up and done things over and over and over again. No, no dancer just like does a dance and go, oh, I messed up. No show, you guys. Oh, you know what? I messed up. We're canceling Netflix. We're canceling. I'm sorry. I'm, I messed up one. Yeah. Crazy. Like no one does that. And then all of a sudden with content creation, it's like, okay, well, it didn't work. We're one and done on to the next thing. It's like, no, give your best ideas a fair shot, like truly, truly a fair shot. And I was actually having a conversation with one of my creator clients and her analytics were low for about a month. And I got her on TikTok. She didn't want it. She was like, Alyssa, I don't belong there. What am I going to do? Do some dances? And I go, no, 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 no. It's going to be good. I promise. And our analytics were down for about a month. We were doing the same old thing that it just wasn't working anymore. And that's a part of the game. Just wasn't working anymore. And I really wanted to create and co-create like a signature style series with her. So we tested it out a little bit. First time we did it, it was okay. Second time it was okay. And we, and she trusted me enough to really give it a fair shot and let go of the vanity metrics and really just go in and refine and act like a CEO and use the data and refine each time. One of our videos now is at 5 million views. She has another one at three, another one at 1 million, another one at 1 million. And now it's taking up like a bulk of her content. But if we just had done, okay, I have this really good idea, but it didn't work. Okay, bye. We wouldn't have got to, you know, where where we are today. And like, she's super successful and she's, she's really enjoying creating now. So 
again, like give your ideas a fair shot. Stop. If you just cut your scrolling time in half and just focus on your content and mastering your own content, you're going to get so much further and you will not run out of content ideas. It will actually just be impossible because whenever you run out of one, just repeat, repeat another good one you had and you're, and you're good for that day, for that day. Oh my gosh. I'm like, that was like a masterclass in and of itself. I'm like, <laughs> mic drop, walk away. We need like, <laughs> that was so good. But I love what you said, giving it a fair shot because let me just say this. If it's in your real drafts, you're not giving it a fair shot. You know, it's like it, you have to post it. You know, you got to give it a fair shot. So I love that so freaking much. Something else that's coming to my mind here that I want your take on is when it comes to content creation, I think a lot of times people get so stuck and even to the point of burnout because of the whole conversation of quantity versus Mm. quality. I know that you have a very strong take on that. I'm not going to like spoil it. So I want you to be able to talk about it, but I just love your perspective on that because I think that it ties very well into, you know, building content creation skills over time. And also, you know, refining things and like really trusting the vision. So what is your take on like quality and quantity and how does that tie into content creation? Yes. So I first want to say quality content doesn't mean perfect content. And I think that's why there's this like polarization, like war going on between that. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect piece of content or outstanding piece of content. It's the intention behind the content. So I'm very for quality over quantity. Um, But again, that doesn't mean that I've made pieces of content that I'm like, what is this? This is not the best. Or I made really successful pieces of content that literally took me 10 seconds to make. And it was like, low quality, right? I didn't put so much effort into it. I'm on my bed. I'm about to take a shower waiting for my siblings to get out of the bathroom. And I made a TikTok. I think that's really where people get kind of confused a little bit. But why I say quality over quantity is because it keeps you accountable to having intention each time you post. Like you're not just like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, maybe there's room for that sometimes, but long term, if you're looking at your content as a whole, you want to have intention each time because how are you going to build your skills and refine if you're just going like, oh, hope this works. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. totally fine. So I also think something that really shaped my perspective here is because um, when I started on TikTok specifically, even on Instagram, I knew that there were so many social media managers and there's so many people doing the same things, people that are smarter than me people that had more experience than me. So I knew if I was going to start this, I was going to have to do something like I would really have to put my best foot forward to really, again, stand out in the quote unquote, saturated market. And this was super, super important to me on TikTok, because I felt so guilty that I didn't do it earlier when it was so easy when you could do a trending seven second sound and you know, instant virality overnight. And I was like, I focused so hard on Instagram, because I, I was really building a community there. And I just didn't do the TikTok thing. And I was like, I'm so dumb, right? This is so stupid. Like I should have just done it. Then it forced me to really go, okay, well, I need a deeper intention now because there are so many people talking about the three tips. There are so many people talking about uh, engagement, which I, I was still talking about at the time, but there were already people doing that, doing the here's a trending audio. I couldn't do that anymore. And that's honestly why I started focusing on like brand stuff, personal branding. 
um, I started talking about like actors and big creators and kind of doing analysis on them because it just wasn't something that I was seeing a lot from social media managers and digital marketers there. So it really forced me to be a little bit more intentional with my content. And then I could refine each time. Also, for the sake of sustainability, when I first started Instagram, and I would say the majority of my Instagram journey, I've only really post two to three times a week. Because I'm, I'm also posting on TikTok too. So if yeah. you look at the long game, I'm posting a lot of content. I'm creating a lot of content. But for my Instagram, like the majority of my Instagram is two to three times a week. So if it's two to three times a week, there's no excuses. It, it should be a, an intentional post, right? It can't yeah. just be like, okay, here you go, whatever. Maybe again, there's room for that sometimes. Yeah. But if I wasn't going to play the, okay, five times a week a day, right, where you do have more of that flexibility to play a little bit more because you're gaining more data into experiment, I knew that that wasn't sustainable for me because I already had clients like month two or three in into my business. Yeah. So I had to be intentional every time. And then it's after you do that, you find the balance of being intentional, but giving yourself creative freedom and flexibility, meaning if one of my reels, you know, doesn't super pop off, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be like, wow, I'm a failure. It's just terrible, right? It's like, no, no, okay, that's that's okay. So it, it is about that balance. But I think especially now, because social media is so noisy, having that intention and really creating from that place of quality, right? Again, not perfection and not quality as in super produced, but you yeah. have the intention there, that gets you so much further. And that really trains your brain to you know, build those content creation skills for the long game. No, I love that so much. And I feel like, I mean, this is talked about a lot, but it's it's an instant gratification platform. You know, we're just in an instant gratification world. And I think that that's a lot of where the conversation around quantity and quality where people are like, oh, well, you know, I am going to post five times a day because, you know, it's going to get me to where I want to go. But it's like, how often do you burn out, you know, posting that amount, you know, and it's like playing the long game. Ultimately, it's like, you know, do you want to be in business for six months or do you want to be in business making millions for, you know, five, right. 10 years? And so I think that that's like, I don't know, to me, like that's that perspective. And I just really, I think it's so refreshing of you to share that because there's a lot of people on social media that are just talking about just the quantity aspect of it, of like post more, post more, post once a day, um, or else you're not going to be relevant anymore. And it's like, that's not the case, you know, if there is intentionality, you know, and exactly like you said, if it's like, well, you're only posting two times a week and it's not intentional, then it's like, then what's in it for me? You know, your audience isn't going to be thinking like, oh, you know, there's something in it for me if there's no intentionality behind it. So I think that there's a lot of different layers to the conversation, but I just really, really appreciate your approach to that because I, I'm in the exact same boat as you where um, I was well, I, I was posting a lot more, but now I only post two to three times a week now. And it is it just comes down to intentionality. And I've still been able to grow my my social media account, my visibility. But also a lot of that is also like, oh, now I have a podcast now and I'm also sending out emails. So I think that, that that's a huge thing, too. And I think that that's a part of the conversation that isn't talked about enough anyways, where it's like, oh, yeah, post once a day on you know Instagram. And it's like, OK, but are you doing email marketing? Do you have, you know, a long form content elsewhere? Like, you know, what are you doing out like in terms of content outside of just Instagram, you know, so I appreciate your take. Totally. Yeah. And then um, you brought up a really good point about like having a lesser posting schedule. And it's like, you also have to be realistic with and specific about what growth looks like to you. Because yeah. yes, if someone's posting five times a week versus two times a week, 
it's not like, oh, okay, yes, the algorithm or anything like that. It's like you're you're doing it more. Yeah. So you're, you should be getting better every single time. Like you, you're giving yourself more chances. But at yeah. the same time, the, the person that maybe is posting two times a week, they could probably have Pinterest happening for them, email marketing. Maybe they're booked out of clients, right? So you have to be realistic. And again, let go of vanity metrics being your only determining factors to success. Because what is someone with... 80, 90, 100,000 followers, and which is really great. And that's growth. But then your follower, you you grow this following and it's like, okay, well, what's happening in the in the back end? Yeah. You know, or how are you even feeling as a person in the back end? Uh, and like, what, what are you doing to take care of yourself? So I think it's really about, again, stopping the instant gratification and having different goals for yourself, not just, oh, I want to reach these numbers. Because I have had my Instagram for through two, three years now, I think. And I've grown it to, um, I believe I'm almost at 40k. And that's considered slow. But it works for me because I'm, I'm also doing TikTok. And like, I also have clients too. So sure, yeah, I could compare to maybe even someone like you that has such a huge follower account. But it's like, well, what, what is that going to do for me? And for if you're listening right now, and you're you're comparing yourself, it's like, okay, well, are you better at content creation? Are you more comfortable on camera now? Are you making vlogs quicker? Those are goals that I set for my clients so that I kind of like, bl- uh, not blind them, but shield their eyes yeah. to um, all the vanity metrics of like, there's so much else going on in the back end that you don't even know about. So just really get specific with your your own goals and like stay in your own lane because that's that's really what's going to make you a better content creator. No, for sure. And I think looking back on my journey too, when I was posting more, like I'm so grateful that I had that aspect of my journey because I learned so much. Like I became such a better content creator. I had so much data to like go and adjust my content. I I knew what was resonating and what wasn't resonating. I knew what type of content I liked creating and also really helped me to like focus on like the next thing versus like, oh, how did this do? Oh, well, that didn't do. You know, I was just always focused on like the next thing. But ultimately, though, it all comes down to what works best for you. And for me, like, I'm grateful that I had that part of my journey, but that's just not something that's sustainable for me right now with where I'm at. And there's focuses in other areas of building things that are a little bit more long term. And it's not to say that there's necessarily a right or wrong, but I think exactly what you said, where it's like, really sitting down with yourself and asking yourself, like, what are your goals? And like, what do you need to actually do in terms of visibility to hit those goals? And you might be surprised, like you might not need hundreds of thousands of followers, like you are thinking inside of your head, you might not actually, you might actually need a lot less than that. And it's not to say that you can't ever hit those goals. But it's like, what do you realistically need to actually realistically in terms of visibility, what do you need to do to actually hit the goals that you want to hit inside of your business? And when you really sit down and have the honest conversation and do a little bit of like reverse engineering, I promise you that you're going to be really surprised by what comes up in terms of the things that you actually need to do and execute on social media to hit those goals. Totally. And one last thing for you listening, there are millionaires with less than 10k followers, I just have to say. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. I I always throw that into where um, I I literally know people under 5,000 followers and they're millionaires. And like people Mm -hmm. all the time are like, oh, I have to hit, you know, 500,000 followers. I'm like, no, you know, you don't you don't have to do that. Uh, If you want to, you know, great. You know, if there's like a deeper meaning and, you know, purpose behind hitting that number, then that's great. And I mean, ultimately, if you on your business journey hit that number, you know, just by doing the things that you're doing again, that's great. But yeah, it's like, 
if that number on social media and the vanity metrics are just because you think that you have to hit a certain number to make a certain amount of money, that's something that the world has convinced us of. And it's not true. It's not true. So I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. The last thing, last question I want to ask you, and this kind of ties back to what you were talking about, where you were talking about how, you know, you on TikTok, you're recognizing that everyone was doing like the three tips and the three steps. And, you know, and so you, you realized that there was kind of this, you know, place where you could talk more about, you know, personal brand and really using, I guess, like case studies from all these big, you know, influencers and people in the world to really break things down. So I feel like you are really good at like being in the know when it comes to like what's trending, what's working. So I would like to ask you, like, if you could give us top three things that you feel like are working right now, either on TikTok or Instagram, or maybe both in terms of like content creation, whether that I know I saw like, I think a day or two ago on Instagram, you were talking about the importance of like creating a series or like just like little things like that. So I feel like you're super in the know. You do a lot of like research and studying. So what do you got for us? Yes. And Maya totally like hyped me up there. I am just a binging consumer <laughs> of social media. I'm just no addicted. <laughs> That's what it is. I just I just I have five different TikTok accounts. So I get different FYPs and all the things. But okay, things that are working on social media right now, totally signature style series. Make 2020 you have six months left, make 2023 the year that you find that. And it is gonna take time. Again, give your best ideas, a fair shot. And I will be so honest with you. I started one. I dropped off. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm booked out of clients. Oops. I'm not doing this anymore, but I'm going to be bringing it back. I'm going to, I'm also going to be doing this with you. So if you were like, Alyssa, it's going to be a lot, maybe it will, but we can do it together. So signature style series where it's, you really focus on mastering your own content. You're not just little lip syncs. Those are fine. Those are fun, but not just that, but actually like your own signature style series, your own way of creating content, almost like a mini Netflix show. That's how I like to to frame it. So that I really think that Instagram is getting a little bit more into original style stuff too. Like I'll repost my speaking TikToks. Um, I'll usually have to trim them down though, because they're usually above 90 seconds. I'll usually just trim those down. So if you're creating speaking content on TikTok, and it's longer. What I do is I go into CapCut and I try to trim down some stuff to make it hit 90 seconds, but it, it is working. And a lot of my other clients do. When I did Signature Style, I've, let's see, I think it's been three of my clients that we've created a Signature Style series for, for all of them. And they outperform their trending stuff like yeah. multiple times. And that's, that's really, really nice too, because then you can cross post one piece of content could be on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, whatever, wherever it wants to live, because again, it's not reliant on trends. So I would say that I did that in literally two parts, other things showing and telling. So not just saying, saying like, oh yeah, this is, this is how you do something. This is how you do X. This is how you do Y really taking advantage of like, if you're going to actually show us something, do a green screen of it bring it into frame, bring it on into camera. I think that. And then I also love the idea of quote unquote silent hooks because listen, if you do this, it's fine. I still love you so much, but the crazy screaming with the rocket emojis. I mean, this is specifically in my, in my, my industry, my niche is like the screaming with the rocket emojis and the spooky music of like algorithm tips, you know, or you have to stop scrolling. That's, 
No, thank you. I love just having other ways to catch our attention because we know that hooks are important, but maybe it's you're filming while you're walking, setting the camera down, setting it up, whispering into the camera. That's like super, that's the opposite of screaming into the camera. Yeah. When you are filming things, right, and it's maybe it's more of a B-roll or a vlog and you're not face to camera, um, make sure that that first clip is really captivating, right? Maybe it's it's it could be a beautiful image or a beautiful video, but also how can you add in movement? Can you can it start with zooming in? Can it start with zooming out? Can you pan left, pan right? There's other ways that you can hook us in over screaming at us. Listen, I have some, I have a few screaming, you know, TikToks too, when I really want you to get the point, <laughs> but, <laughs> but always, and telling me to stop scrolling, listen, I got a big ego. I'm going to go, you're going to say stop scrolling. I'll go, ah, make, makes me want to scroll even more. So those are my, those are my top three. So original style series, silent hooks and showing and telling. I love that so much. And those are all, I feel like those are so unique. It's not like, oh, optimize your Instagram account and, <laughs> you know, post three reels a week. Like, I just love that. And that's exactly why I wanted you on here. You just have a unique take and perspective on everything. But with that, though, it's all backed by success. It's all backed by your experience. Like, you've seen results from it. Your clients have seen results from it. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm just putting this out there. You know, like, this is fun. Everyone should, you know, try this out. It's like, I've tried it. I'm doing it. And I love exactly what you said. You're like, I'm bringing my series back. If you want to do a series with me, like we're going to do it together. And I love that yeah. where you're not just, you know, talking the talk, you're walking the walk. And that's why I just, I know, I I love you for 5,000 reasons, but that's the huge <laughs> reason why I love you. And I'm just so grateful to have had you on here. So for anyone who's listening, anyone who now officially loves Alyssa, wants to join the Alyssa fan club, where can they find you? Oh my goodness. Well, I always say that I'm Maya's biggest fan because I'm obsessed with her too. But uh, if you do want to connect, maybe you want to start your own signature style series, okay? Enter your it girl era. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Inspired Media Co. You can or email me at Alyssa at inspiredmediaco.com. You can email me, DM me, whatever. Would love to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for your time and sharing all of your wonderful knowledge. Oh my goodness, was honored. Thank you so much. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.